sudden now you, you start looking at things a little different. You start catching stuff. Because even now, I really didn't go look at this verse. But we're going to, when we get into Isaiah 55, the title above mine is an invitation to the abundant life. Mm -hmm. And it just hit me just when I looked at it just now because I was doing the study on the, on the later chapters and stuff. It just caught my eye, the abundant life. And we know where we came from. Mm -hmm. We know a foundation that was set in us. You know, Pastor Smith and Dr. Williams did a very good job mm -hmm. of laying a foundation that now that we've taken and we build upon that foundation because every time we read these scriptures, we're gaining more and more knowledge and understanding of what the true meaning was. Trying to go back to the true original intent. All these words, all these little sayings that we use and everything, but we see how it's playing out, how we're looking at things, how we're catching things. We're listening more intently. We're hearing that voice of God. We're hearing the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. You know, so I just thank God, you know, that, that He's given me this opportunity. He's given me the ability to be able to teach. And now while, while I'm teaching, I'm also learning. And to me, that's the greatest thing. Because if you get up here and think you know everything, then God's got a way of humbling. And I don't want to go there. This week, wage in love. Sit down. Our scripture reading comes from Isaiah 58 and 10. If you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall dawn in the darkness and your darkness shall be as the noonday. And we always know, we always use that analogy that if you light a match in a room, it's going to light that room up until that match burns down. If you light a candle, you even get more light. That's what I thought about when I seen this. You know, God, what was, if you satisfy, if you extend your soul, you see, that's what's good about us is when we see this word, we know what the, we know what the writer was talking about. We know that we're a three-part being. And he noticed he used soul. He didn't say your flesh. Yeah. He didn't say your spirit. He said your soul, your inner part, what you're made up of. If your soul, if you extend your soul, in other words, if you extend what's already well up in you to someone else, to satisfy to, to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, mm -hmm. then your light shall dawn in the dark. Man, just think about how, how great that is. That you're able to take what you know in your soul. And sometimes, like we said, it's sometimes it is feeding the hungry. It's giving a drink to somebody. You know, I told that story about when I started doing eating out of that dumpster across the street that day. And, you know, I had one over there stopping. You know, when I was hollering at him, I wasn't hollering out of anger or something. I was hollering out of compassion. You know, stop grabbing this stuff out of this dumpster. My neighbor next door, like I said, they came over and gave the man some bananas and a bag of chips. And I gave him the $10 bill I had in my pocket. You know, here, go get you something to eat. You ain't got to eat out of this dumpster. And that's what he's saying. He, when you do stuff like that out of your soul, man, this is an amazing thing. That's how waging love is. Mm -hmm. A Jewish camera or a worship leader and his wife lived in Lincoln, Nebraska began receiving threatening and obscene phone calls. They discovered the calls came from the leader of an American hate group, the Ku Klux Klan. 
Knowing his identity, they could have turned him over to police, but they decided on a more radical approach. When they learned he was crippled, they showed up at his door with dinner. He was utterly flabbergasted. His hate melted before their love. The couple kept visiting, and a friendship grew, and he even thought about becoming Jewish. Is it not the fast that I've chosen to loosen the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry? That's Isaiah 58, verses 6 and 7. Ironically, the couple in Lincoln kept such a fast by sharing their feast with a hungry oppressor, thereby setting him free from his own bonds of, 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 of prejudice. Let us learn more about the important spiritual principle as depicted by the prophet Isaiah. Notice what it said. It said that ironically, the couple in Lincoln, the, in Lincoln, kept such a fast. See, all the time we think we think fast is something having to do with food. It's not. There's more. There's more ways that you can fast. There's more things that you can give up during your fast. And it says by sharing their feast. So in other words, taking food off their own table and sharing it with someone who was prejudiced. Because let's be real, somebody calling you on the phone, making obscene phone calls, threatening you, are you really going to think about going to put some food on that table? <laughs> well, hopefully now that we always use the thing about now that we're being transformed and conformed, we should be doing that. But the only way is by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Your flesh ain't gonna do it. Your spirit wants to do it. But understand, the spirit needs a physical body in order to carry out the true good. Because remember, remember them pigs? They were spirits. They needed a body. Buy something for free. How? You on the internet? You, you got this lesson pulled up? Yeah. What's the first word before this? My, my printer cuts off the first one. What's the next line? Read this text. My, my printer cuts off the first word in everything. <laughs> Read this text. Lo, everyone who thirsts and comes to the water, and you shall have no money. And you that have no money, come by and eat. What contradiction do you see here? Now right off the bat, what is it? It says, you who have no money, come by and eat. Now that's a pretty big contradiction, man. Because how can you buy something if you have no money? Suppose you took food and stood on the street in a big city, or even in a small city, and announced to the hungry and homeless there, you who, have, you who have no money, come buy and eat. But how can they buy if they have no money? Mm. However, if you add the words as Isaiah did, without money and without price, mm. the point becomes clear. Isaiah 
appeals to the people to accept forgiveness. Let's real quick before I go any farther. Somebody, uh, Kerry, you got uh, Isaiah 55 in the New King James? Or Pat, I know you yeah. got it too. Somebody in the New King James. Read, it's on the 13th verse. Read the whole chapter for me. Isaiah 55? Yes. Amen. Amen. Ho, everyone that thirsts, come ye to the waters, and ye had no money. Come yet buy and eat. Yea, come. Buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread? And your labor that which satisfies not. Hearken delightly unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear and come into unto me. Hear and your and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader and a commander to the people. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that knoweth not, and nations that knew not. These shall run unto <coughs> thee because of the Lord thy God, and for the Holy One of Israel, for he hath glorified thee. Seek ye the Lord, while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his ways, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercies upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, said the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, for are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and make it green forth and bud, that it may give seed to the soil, and bread to the ear. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. But it shall accomplish that which I please, mm -hmm. and it shall prosper in the thing whereto, whereto I send it. Mm -hmm. For ye shall go out with joy, and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall burn forth before you are seen, before you into sin. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorns shall come up the fear tree, and instead of the briar shall come up the murder tree. And it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Amen. 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 Who is he Amen. talking about? Amen. Yet the word by emphasizes that what God offers his people to meet the needs and desires is valuable. So receiving it requires a transaction. A transfer of something from work. God freely offers forgiveness within the framework frameworks of a restored covenant relationship with his people. But not because it was free for him. He bought it at a terrible, blood-drenching price of his only servant. Though free, it came at an astonishing cost. 
，有意思。When I was reading over this last night, and it was saying, you know, when you when you look, because the contradiction we see when we first read it, we see a contradiction in our human mind, and looking at it from our fleshly self, we can't understand how I, I can give you something. Well, you have to buy it. But then they say there was no price on it. So if, I'm not, if there's no price in buying it, that, that cancels each other out mm -hmm. in the equation. But it's saying that he freely gave his son. To us, we get it free. Mm -hmm. But it was purchased at a cost. Mm -hmm. Not only did God have to give up his son, mm -hmm. his son had to give up everything that was entitled to him in heaven. Come on. Mm -hmm. When he made himself a mere man and he came down here in human form, he was in human form. He was flesh, body-wise, not, not talking the, the, the good, the bad, and the ugly. He came down here just as we are. And it says, he bought it at a terrible drug switching price. And I always go back. I never, you know, until that passion of Christ came out. <coughs> that was one time that when I saw the blood, you know, it didn't do the little meek little thing that we've always seen. You know, it showed like when they threw their cat and nine tails out and it was ripping flesh and it was ripping blood. And you, it really, when, when I sat in that movie theater, because I remember we were at a money life and we all went as we went as a church as a function and we all went out to church and we went and watched the passion of the Christ. You know? And that's really when it hit me then what it was saying here. Because I read all this stuff before then. I even seen it when I was in Sunday school when I was a little kid. Until I actually saw it, I couldn't understand it. That's a tremendous price. He paid it with his blood and his flesh for us. Amen. And I kind of, like I said, this not, I don't believe in ironic situations or coincidence. We're talking about this on what? Communion. Amen. When we're getting ready to take what we say represents the body the blood and the body. In the flesh yeah. of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Christ, the Messiah. Who paid the ultimate price? So today, when we really come up here and take these, let's really think about that blood and that body. It's free. But somebody paid the price. Yeah, amen, amen, amen. But the great thing about God is the cost isn't on us. The only thing you have to do is freely accept. Now, what's the other part that you have to play? Mm. I know I'm getting <laughs> You have to believe. You have to have faith. That's your first duty after you accept. It. Now you have to believe in what it's telling you he did. But too many times. We'll allow circumstances, we'll allow situations mm -hmm. to cast doubt. Mm -hmm. All it does is cast doubt in your mind. 
It don't stop what would happen if you believe. God is not a man, so he can't lie to us. He told us, you know, we read, we read my favorite scripture, Isaiah chapter 53. That's my favorite one because that's the one I use when I pray for healing. So now here we are, it's free. All you have to do is accept it. But now you do have responsibilities. But too many times, oh no, we don't have to do nothing because it's free. It was free at a cost though. Now, if we call ourselves Christians or the followers of the way, then we're supposed to come into what's God's greatest will for us? To come into the image and likeness of his son. Mm -hmm. We should be doing what Jesus did. Isn't that works? Amen. Mm -hmm. Faith without works is dead. Mm -hmm. Oh, we don't have to do that. Because this works is good. <laughs> no, it is work that we have to do. But the work that we have to do is not for us to become any, it's not for our, for our righteousness, it's to show that we have trust and we have faith in Him. When you pray for somebody and you're praying that they get healed, or you're praying that a situation changes, that's work. Mm -hmm. Now, with work, there's also a reward. It don't get you no closer to God, but it's spreading His Word, which is supposed to be doing. The ultimate mission of the church is to spread God's Word. How good has Yeshua been to you? It's simple things, but it's work. See, when we start looking at it, yeah, there are things that we're supposed to do. It's at a cost, but it's free. What was the price of our salvation? <laughs> Somebody gonna get First Peter one and be up eighteen and nineteen. Testament. Somebody get Ephesians chapter 2, read verses of 
But we, I mean, we so wicked that it's, it's hard to forgive a stranger. We won't even forgive our loved ones. Mm. You know, you got family members who ain't spoken years for mm. something they did or said. You know, I mean, how can you say you got love in your heart? Mm. You can't even forgive the people that's closest to you. Come on. But see, as long as you're recognizing that, then there's hope for you. Amen. It's when you're not even recognizing that you're doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, as long as we can recognize you do something, you have a more somebody after you do it. Not after you get caught. That ain't true for more. You just you just mad because you got caught. But if you do something or say something to someone, and then all of a sudden, I really shouldn't have said or done that. That's 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 the spirit. That's the Holy Spirit working on you, letting you know. Mm-hmm. I and mean, God ain't pleased with what you need. Mm-hmm. But now if you can just do it, then it, and then sometimes you have to be honest too. Then sometimes we might feel the remorse. We just don't say anything. We don't let it out. Inside, we feel bad. And at least that's a start. That's step one. Then step two is trying to make the amends. And usually that's the hard part. Especially as a man. But we have to start working on it. That's why this lesson is important. It's getting us to see Yeshua in us. Mm-hmm. The has got to forgive people for a lot. <laughs> How much do we really have to forgive a couple of people for? Mm-hmm. Well, I think the, the true the true litmus test in, in everything you just said is that <coughs> the true litmus test comes when that next opportunity comes around. You know, it, it's, it's good to acknowledge that you did mm-hmm. something. And, and pray about it for forgiveness at night. And then tomorrow, the first thing I know about love is he's going to put that thing right back in front of us to see if we uh, are mature in, in, in Christ. So for all those areas where we are uh, lacking, the true test is the next step. Mm-hmm. And sometimes God's so got a good sense of humor, he'll put that same thing in front of you the same day to see, you know, if we, like you just said, uh, it's easy to feel bad in secret. But when you got to come in publicly, uh, apologize or whatever the situation is, that's really that litmus test. So yeah. uh, in those areas where we fail, let's try to make sure that we, even if, watch it, let's just say you're trying to reach 100 and you reach 50 that day. Well, the next day, try to reach 55. Mm-hmm. Then the next day, try to reach 60. But don't stay at 50 talking about, oh, well, I feel bad about it. Yeah, you don't feel as bad as you think if you're still at 50. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you give the God, not of works, we can't shoot posts. In other words, we can't claim none of this on our own. Because we're in the we're not going to make it on our own. Well, we are his workmanship. Uh-huh. Created in Christ Jesus. For good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. When I saw that, my mind went straight back to Genesis chapter 1 and 26. Then God said, Let us make man in our image 
and in our likeness. Let them rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all creatures that move along the ground. Still, a sticking point for a lot of people is this likeness and image. You know, we, Jesus is black, Jesus is white, you know, brown, he from here, he from there. When they did this, God was a spirit. Yeshua was a spirit, and the Holy Spirit, we always knew was a spirit. There wasn't no physical attributes. It's not talking about how you look on the outside. Mm -hmm. Let us make man in our image, in our likeness. What was God's image and likeness? Mm -hmm. Love, truth, forgiveness, Amen. teaching. See, because remember now, what, what, what was God coming down in the cool of the evening for with Adam and Eve? Mm -hmm. Mm. To walk with them, talk they, with them. They walked and they talked. Well, who were they walking and talking about? Mm. Just like a parent walking with his children. Do this. You know, you're teaching. You're teaching your children the whole time. And the best lesson to teach your children is don't let them know you're teaching them a lesson. Just act like y'all just hanging out chilling. I played a whole lot of basketball games, but you know what I was doing the whole time? Teaching. <laughs> didn't have much to do with basketball at all. Because, like we always bring up here, we don't know how long the garden of Eden was. Yes, and like Pastor just pointed out, look, okay, he, he came down in the cool of the Eden. So that meant Adam and Eve had a whole day. They did whatever, went through, and then God came down and was talking to them. And like Pastor said, what was more likely? What was, well, you know, why did you do this? Why did you do that? Or why did you do the plant like the woman was Adam's job? Adam was to take care of the garden. Him and Eve both was to take care of the garden. Well, why did you do this? And why did you do that? And why didn't you do, you know? They were talking about what they did throughout the day. And probably instructing them on what they should not do. Teaching them, you know, if you do this, you'll receive this. If you do this, you'll receive this. Don't do this, but do this. You know, so giving them that, how to say, the basic instructions for life. Mm. In Christ, rather. Because some of the instructions that you're given are Christ's instructions. Well, when you use the whole acronym, it's talking about the Bible. The Bible is the instruction to believe yeah. in this earth. And as long as you're keeping it in that context, yeah. Because we know that's what the Bible does. That, that's what he's still doing to this day, to mm. his people. That's right. He's still doing that. You shouldn't do this, don't do that. Go here, don't go there. Mm -hmm. Now all of a sudden, we even got, we got the, uh, we call them the, uh, we got the tutor. Because the Holy Spirit living and guiding you, tutoring for <coughs> the lesson that's already been tried to teach you. That's the Holy Spirit's job. Because see, we had that knowledge, okay, I shouldn't do this. But then why shouldn't you do it? The Holy Spirit is doing, you know that God's word, so you're going to check this out. Because we know that everything in life is in this Bible. Amen. Homosexuality, uh, abortion, everything. murder, robbery, everything. Drugs, adultery, everything. everything. Capital punishment. See, we don't want to talk about this. I just had when I was trying to look for something last night for church. 
when church service coming up, then all of a sudden, you know, I went back to that sanctuary seat. Mm -hmm. yeah, was, if you didn't make it to that sanctuary seat, you guess what? <laughs> it was capital punishment. There's everything in this Bible, but we read them. We're not taking time to actually see what the Word is really trying to tell us. Isaiah encapsulates the gospel in the Old Testament, and it is the same as the gospel in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. Now remember, when we always talk about the book of Isaiah, we, we call it the little Bible. Mm -hmm. And when you start looking at the comparison, you know, it's 66 books, I mean 66 chapters, it's 66 books. It's, kind of, it's broken down into a New Testament and Old Testament. We kind of talked about that last week because like verses 1 through 49, 39, I knew it was a 9. 1 through 39 is the Old Testament. Then when you get to uh, chapter 40 to the end, we start seeing more and more about Christ. You saw it in the beginning, just like our Bible. We see Christ in the Old Testament. You just got to catch it. Same with thing here. You, you, see, you see Christ in the first 39, but now all of a sudden it's slapping you in the face after that, just like the New Testament does, because now Yeshua came. So we see him in the New, you know, we can call it, oh, that's Jesus. That's Yeshua. Same thing when we read in Isaiah. And that's what it's saying. It encapsulates the whole New Testament in the Old Testament. That's really what we're supposed to be doing. Good. Like I said last week, Really, when you go read most of the quotes from Paul, Peter, James, whoever else, John, all they did was reference back to the Old Testament. But since we're not taking time to look at, at those little bookmarks or however your Bible does it, it, it lets you know this verse here was over here. Mm -hmm. A lot of times they italicize the words. Mm -hmm. Well, when you see when, when all of a sudden you see it in red and Jesus is talking, and then all of a sudden you see something italicized, that means he's quoting something from the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. That's why when you get your Bible, you need to go read the front part to find out what the keys are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Amen. It'll help you a lot in your study. Because every like most of the time the new King James uses a lot of italicized. It'll let you know though. All of them gonna have like maybe an A. And that's why down the middle of my, almost everybody down the middle, you're going to see all these verses. And that's letting you know where you can go back and find that there's reference points to other times that it talks about the same thing. Sometimes it might not be the exact same thing, but it be in the context of what they're talking about and it'll show you where other scriptures are lined up together. There was no old covenant salvation by works to be superseded by a new covenant salvation by grace. Hmm. There was no old covenant salvation by works to be superseded by a new covenant salvation by grace. But what is the church what is the church teaching? Grace, grace, grace. Hey, God don't cover you no matter what. See, they gotta work hand in hand. Deacon Carey just quoted the verse, you know, show me, show me faith without works. And I should, you know, I show you a work that's dead. That's what it means. Yeah. Mm -hmm. James. Show me your works. Show me your faith without works. And I show you your work. I show you a faith that's dead. If you have faith, you should be doing something. Amen. 
If you have faith, you don't just stand around. It goes back to like we talked about. If you have a light, you don't put it on a bushel bear where it can be snuffed out. Because you know what I just thought about this now, right? What was where I had a famous song was at a point of life. This little line mm-hmm. I always think back to, you know, whenever I hear that song, you know, that's what, like one of my first little thoughts on this. You know, I used to be sister uh Helen's favorite song. Mm-hmm. Deacon Kelly. Well, it's meant it's it's funny that you say that. Why well, I said the faith without works is dead, because you know the song that says uh we fall down, but we get we we get up. Mm-hmm. So in your flesh, you're gonna make some mistakes. But your faith is to tell you stop struggling with this thing, get back up on your on your feet and get back in. Mm-hmm. If your faith strong enough, you're not gonna wallow in, in your pity. You're gonna get back up and you're gonna dust yourself off like that song says, and you're gonna keep you're gonna you're gonna try to like like uh what's the word? I'm a I'm I'm a tape. We missing yeah. the um, that's say it again. How Mateo's missing the mark? Mm-hmm. That sin, mm-hmm. and we teach, we learning about in Sabbath school uh, about uh, uh, what's that word? We was uh, the arrows in the quiver. quiver. But it's a word that's been used in in on Wednesday nights. We've been using. I can't think of it right now. But my the whole point is, get back on your feet. Your faith, Amen. if you got strong faith, yeah, you may have an area where you're struggling in and you might have tripped up, but get back and try again. Keep trying. Yes, Just keep trying. Yes, Just keep trying. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Ever since God's promise of a deliverance to Adam and Eve, there's been only one way to salvation uh-huh. by grace through faith. Uh-huh. Amen. Now, when I was looking at this, it really got me thinking, you know, let's go look at Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. But sometimes I think we forget mm. where salvation was first mentioned. Because it's not mentioned in salvation. Come on. And it says, I will put enmity between you and the woman. In between your offseed and her. Mm-hmm. Okay, first thing you got to do mm-hmm. is who was he talking to at this time? Mm-hmm. This time he was talking to Satan. Mm-hmm. He said, there's going to be a war between you. Now who's the woman? The woman is the church. Mm-hmm. Between your offspring and her. Mm-hmm. So in other words, there's some devil offspring mm-hmm. and there's some of Christ's offspring. See, too many times we want to take that as it just means the, 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 the third of the angels that went out. No, there's people that worship the devil. Yeah. There's people out there just like we're supposed to be sowing seeds of God's love and God's word. Mm-hmm. Well, the flip side is there's some people out there that spread the seeds of evil, hatred, destruction. But here we are, because we don't think about this stuff. Really saying, seeing what the scripture says, because if it came and said, it didn't say Christ, Mm -hmm. 
You said the woman, and we know that you got to do your study and know that when it talks about the woman, it's talking about the church, the ecclesia, the called out woman. Now her offspring and you, this, this is going to be battling. We're, we're battling some demonic stuff right now. If you listen to some of this, this I say, just turn on the news sometimes and watch. Mm -hmm. You got all these hatred groups back, okay, say back in the 20s or 30s, you basically just had the Ku Klux Klan. Man, the Hermine offshoots are there of just how the Klan was, or you had Nazis. There was a few. Now all of a sudden, all them branched off. And all of them were just causing mayhem. Now us, we're supposed to be bringing love, peace, and joy. Come on. The hippies tried it in the 60s, but they just wanted to get high all the time. So they love peace and joy. <laughs> that ain't what it was about either. But what we're supposed to be doing is bringing the word of God. That's the war. Mm. It says he will crush your knee. Once again, when we start doing the study of Revelation and stuff, we have to see, we have to start why he had a little gash in his head. And you will strike his head. In other words, how many of y'all remember our dog Roscoe? <laughs> Roscoe would nip at your heel in a minute. He got, he had two or three to firm kids. But that's all he could do. He big, big Carlo, I think you got two off fast. No, I don't. Oh, you are. You got Carlos and you got another one, my friend. He'll nip at your heel. He ain't, he's not going to be able to really take you out and hurt you when you got to go to the doctor or anything. And that's what it's telling us here. He, he going, the devil and his offspring are going to cause us some hurt and pain. But we're going to crush his head. Amen. From the ancient Gilgamesh, who did heroic exploits in vain search for eternal life, to modern actors who believe in reincarnation, people have tried all kinds of routes to salvation, but all are fruitless. And when I looked up what this uh, word Gilgamesh, it depends on who you listen to. Some of them say he was an actual king. Others say he was just part of Greek mythology. But when you read what the story of what he did, it's basically he turned his back on his friends, his family, his kingdom, and he was trying to pursue eternal life. He wasn't pursuing it for the right good. He just wanted to live forever. Now, how many people just want eternal life to live forever? Or do you really want to be in the presence of God? All right. Are you going to be like Billy Fish? And just trying to get eternal life? Or are you going to go to heaven for the right reason? And want to spend eternity still? See, that's the thing. We're still going to be learning when we get. How many of us still have questions right now? There's questions we have. But a lot of times we can't get no answers because we got tears and sorrow. Mm -hmm. What happens when the tears are wiped away? Then you can learn. When your focus is going to be on him because he's going to be the sun, the light that shines that we don't even need the S-U-N. 
Because the S-O-N is going to shine eternal. Amen. That's what this is about. Amen. Amen. Not being like you guys just trying to get make it in. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Even though the Bible does say there's going to be some who make it in barely escaping, yeah. barely escaping the hell fire. Mm -hmm. You know, on that, on that part we was just talking about, I want to kind of add this before we move a little further about the, the seed, the seed of the serpent and the seed of the woman. Uh, the church has to remember and, and, and get back to teaching about this immense spiritual warfare that we in. And, you know, he gives us a, a little vision into it in Genesis chapter 6. Because technically that offspring of the uh, serpent is like the fallen angels. about these fallen angels and these Nephilim, well right away one of the reasons the flood came is that he could get rid of all that. Mm -hmm. But we know that all of them didn't go because David had to fight Goliath. Mm -hmm. So there were still giants in the land. Uh, the Bible says there were still giants in the land in those days. So all, all we're dealing with right now you know, Paul even tried to explain it when he said our battle is not against flesh and blood. But against the powers and the principalities oh, right. of the world. So the, 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 the church has to always remember that honestly the battle is not even against this evil that we see on earth, the crowd boys and the KKK and all them. You know, they, that, that, that's flipper stuff. They don't even know what they're doing. <laughs> but the demonic world is really a world that you can't see. Mm -hmm. So, in our teaching, we have to start infiltrating that back into our teaching because for whatever reason, the church is now neglected to teach the people about spiritual warfare. Well, something that we were talking about last night too was when we look at this story and we see these words that they went into the daughters, you know, we... we Automatically, because we want to read a sexual book, we think it could be like you said. It could be more than that. It was the they could be getting into their thoughts, into, into the way they think, into the way they they, they react to the situation. Same thing. The demonic work. See, the demons need the same thing that the Holy Spirit needs. It needs a Bible. It has to have a house because we know that. Because what did Jesus say? I go ahead and cast this out, but if you don't put something in place of me. It's going to come back seven times when it was here before. They need a house just like, like the Holy Spirit needs a house to be able to have a physical body to carry out the word of God. Those demons need a physical body to carry out. Don't. We're talking about two, I understand. But to physically do it, yeah, they should get this demonic thinking. Right. They need a body to. Yeah, you know, we always blame the devil for stuff. Yeah, it's his influence. But he's got to have somebody to come at you. That's the only thing that I was for. That he has to, a spirit has to have a body to carry out a human action. They, like you said, they're not going to do nothing to you. The devil won't come and grab you. <laughs> somebody with a demonic mind comes and grabs you. Just like the guy that had the, uh, the, the, was cutting himself and was hollering. Mm -hmm. He was threatening people, carrying out. That's why everybody was scared. 
That was the point I was trying to pull. Mm-hmm. Except when we come to that part, it's not only that. Yeah. Yeah. They can, they can get into people. But when we when we kind of just break down what Paul said, it's against spiritual wickedness in high places. So the demonic forces that's on earth, just like the angel thing. We've been talking a lot about the angels going and reporting to God and doing this and that level. Well, those angels don't need a physical life. They're angelic by themselves. They're, 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 they're part of the spirit world. It's just so, it's such a vast array of them. You know, it's just not one thing. There's such a vast array of things happening on this earth that we can't see. You know, Paul said in, uh, I think it's in Colossians. In Colossians chapter 1, he said those things that are visible and those things that are invisible. So we're dealing with a lot of things that we can't see that's really influencing uh, how we react to things. And, and once again, I just want to reiterate that the church has the answers to the demonic and the spirit world. And when I, listen, when I say the church, <laughs> it's locked up in the Vatican. They know. Hebrews, rabbis, they know. Now, Protestantism, we kind of play this little magic trick with, with God, with church and stuff. But these people, they have written documentation of all, now I ain't gonna say all, but a lot of the spiritual workings. And you gotta read a lot of those ancient writings of these guys. They talk about it. And if we stop playing with the Bible, honestly, the 66 books we have, it's sufficiently talked about it too. But we wasn't taught, and I'm not talking about us specifically, the pastor back in did a decent job, but the church, the, the Protestant church as a whole, nobody really makes a focus on the spiritual warfare. And if you don't, if, if the teacher not focusing on those areas, you'll you, you get into this happy-go-lucky bedtime story type reading of the Bible, you know, where everything is to make you feel good, where your life is torn up from the floor. spiritual demonic world and we the, the church is just negligent at that today so I'm glad you brought it up you know in, 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 in kind of teaching that we, we got this spiritual stuff this stuff in high and places going on and we got to be able to show the people in the scripture where is that salvation is free there's nothing we can do to earth our works can never be good enough to save us yet at the same time, it can cost us everything. Mm. What does this mean? I, I kind of touched mm. on that already. Mm. It, it can cost you eternity. Mm. 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 <laughs> High thoughts and ways. <laughs> what does God say his thoughts and ways are higher than ours? Mm. Oh no, why does God say his thoughts and ways are higher than all. As the heavens are higher than the earth, mm -hmm. what do you think this means? We got it. Mm -hmm. 
that we can see the temporal, that we see what's in front of us. We make these plans, we have these desires, we want these outcomes, and you know, God, that's how they say, if you want to make him laugh, tell him your plan. Mm. You know, we just see the surface of things, yeah. the circumstance of things, the hard part of things. We don't see what God sees. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was just going to say that uh, she was going to, uh, Sister Lisa used the uh, scripture that I was uh, used. I was going to use another one that says God winks at our ignorance mm-hmm. because we, like you said, we, we try to tend on looking at fleshly things. We got to start looking past that and look towards the heavens. And God has so much there for us. It's like that, uh, you know, that uh, that saying that a uh, person dies, go to heaven, and they ask God, what are, what's all these boxes in this room for? And he's mm-hmm. like, these are all the gifts that uh, my people are asking me for, but they never, uh, I, how to, you know how the story goes, but our mind just focus on, and we try to, we, I know me, I try to get myself out of that, stop focusing on material stuff, stop focusing on uh, uh, things that money can buy, and some things that we need that's more important, like some, some spiritual stuff, and you know, we, we get tripped up all the time chasing that 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 material stuff, and then God telling us, "Why this stuff tripping you up? Won't you come get some of this stuff that can really really help you?" You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Bible says you gotta ask, K, ask, seek, and knock. So you gotta you gotta ask him, and then like uh, when you go and start seeking for things, when you seek something, you gotta start looking and searching and, and going deep into some crevices you know that's how you'll find God you'll find God like then you find a lot about yourself too so that's that's what I was going to use you yeah amen amen a lot of times we live in the moment, we're looking at our right now. Amen. Well, God knows how we get to come. You know, Amen. That's why his thoughts are not our thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we walk, when, when stuff don't go our way, we murmur and complain. <laughs> you know, and we don't know what was the reason why mm-hmm. God allowed this thing to happen. Mm-hmm. Because he knows how we get to come. Mm-hmm. We're just looking at the situation. But our yet to come, because the outcome will be a whole lot better. Yes, sir. Amen. Yeah. 
That's yeah. why we're narrow minded in, 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 with, with a, a term they always use with tunnel vision. See, we get so stuck on one thing. Just like now, the church is so stuck on the grace message that they don't see all the other things that's encompassed in this. Then they can have tunnel vision. So they're not, they're even because they're not seen. Amen. God is trying to show us a vast array of things. Amen. He tries it, but like you say, we're human. Our minds can only take so our minds can take a lot more than what we're really using. Mm. It's already been proven. We have a lot more brain capacity, but we're so limited. <laughs> we limit ourselves. Amen. Amen. And he told them, even when they the one time when they were building the Tower of Bay, what did he tell them? If y'all stay on one floor and think one thing, then we'll build this tower all the way to the... Now, in our mind right now, well, how are they going to make it through with no oxygen in it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're not thinking about, okay, the Bible talks about a first heaven, a second heaven, and a third heaven, but if you go ask most Christians, they can't even explain that. Right, right. But even letting them know, y'all keep, whatever y'all set y'all minds to, but now he had to go confound the... Uh, because really, he didn't even want to do it. He really wasn't displeased. He asked him to go spread out and, and, and go to other territories. But instead of that, y'all just started thinking about what y'all wanted to do. Because all of a sudden, now you want to be like God. Amen. Well, where did we see this from? Amen. Amen. Where was the seed of that? The story of Adam and Eve. Because what did he tell them? Once you eat, you're going to know the difference between good and evil, and you'll become like God. Well, now if we build this tower, we can go up there, it would be like God. But then, we'll get into it. Yeah, there. Well, it was, it's, an, it's okay, so I'm going to just use it myself, for example. Young coming up, I always thought, you know, as a Christian, job would just go to church, put some money in the plate, and you can live any kind of way you want to live. Yeah. But now, knowing that what I know now, like, uh, like you said earlier, uh, when we accept uh, uh, God, it comes from requirements. Mm -hmm. It's a requirement to be a teacher. It's a requirement to be a, a, a mechanic. You gotta, you can't be a mechanic without that thing on your shirt say ASE certified. Come on, man. So when you become a Christian, you're required to do some stuff. And the church not teaching what we've learned. The church is not teaching that you when you except Christ, mm -hmm. it don't stop them. You got to be able to do some works like we like we talking about now. Another thing that came to mind too, because we have to remember, we are the creator. We are not the creator. Come on. But too many times, we want to start thinking that we're the creator. Mm -hmm. And I always think, you know, there's, there's a saying about, you know, the pupil can never be as good as the, the, the teacher. Really, the student can never be as good as a master, because most of the time this is used like in a martial art. Master teacher, right. All right. My sensei was Billy Kelly. Billy taught me a lot. And as I progressed up in my belt rankings, even though I never really tested for him, he always thought of me, he, he gave me credit. I still never knew everything that he did. He could think of more ways to hurt you and disarm you. And although I have some, I don't have as many as the master. And, but guess what? There was times that he taught me more than he taught the other students. 
So he taught me a couple more things than he taught some of these other people. Because we used to work out together on the weekends, just me and him. And he'll show me things. That's what God's doing. He said, I'm trying to show you what I know, mm-hmm. but y'all never going to know what I know. Amen. Because I create <laughs> everything like Pastor brought out before, the difference between creating something and making something. Mm-hmm. Y'all can make a lot of stuff. 